Thank you for listening to Tapping Into the Human, a podcast on addiction, recovery, and mental health, brought to you by The Albertus Project. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. Every week, you'll hear powerful stories from people about their journey with recovery and be inspired by individuals and organizations that are leading the charge in decreasing the stigma surrounding mental health and addiction. Hey everyone, uh, we are on Tapping Into the Human and I'm really excited for this guest. This is a very special person in my life. Um, one of my best friends, Annalisa Turner, um, who we always have really great conversations about mental health and uh, addiction and recovery and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I was like, you know, we should really record a podcast together because we end up just, you know, always talking about like really deep things. And I was like, oh, well, why don't we just hop on? So um, you're going to be hearing just more about uh, typical deep thoughts that we have. We never got to finish that. You want to move to Toronto. I've been there with Jera wanting to move from just anywhere out of Toronto, I think, in high school, like every other teenage girl dealing with girls and friends and all that sort of stuff. And it just, it gets to be too much. So why do you want to move to Toronto back? So I want to move back to Toronto. Yeah. I feel like so many people forget that I lived in Toronto, especially my friends. Like they'll be like, Oh, we've known each other for so long. Like since we were like babies, I'm like, I actually was, I was eight. Um, But yeah, I, I feel like I've done most of my growing up in Vancouver and um, high school was a little toxic for me. I, I was like bullied and um, I also made really bad <laughs> mistakes that even to this day, like affect my inner soul. Like really, even though like I've forgiven myself and what I've gone through, like it's still like if I see a specific person or oh, really? um, I, saw, I saw somebody that I um, hurt and I, I immediately, like, my anxiety, like, spiked. Okay. I was, I Did just, you end up speaking to that person or no? You guys just sort of, like... Yeah, so we had... Her and I have had a conversation years ago um, about it. And she's, like, forgiven me and she's fine. Um, wow, it sounds so ambiguous. I didn't do anything crazy. Like, I didn't yeah, I was going to say, hard. no, no. I was just about to say, is this, like, um, a, like a real, like screwed a friend over type thing or is this like a Annalisa you and me are just nice people and like didn't like open up the door for someone and we're apologizing yeah. you know what it was <laughs> I <laughs> wish it was like nice Annalisa um I feel like I after I was bullied I I definitely went through um like a period of self-doubt and I hated myself like I it was just not good enough and I had unfortunately boys were like the way to get out of that feeling yeah, like yeah, that yeah. Like most girls feel. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say like yeah. high school girls don't have self confidence. Sit elsewhere. Unfortunately, yeah. that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it was you know it was sad. I think it takes you to tangle. Like I still like that the guy that. So basically, this friend of mine who's not a friend of mine anymore, but um, he was dating this girl, and he at the time also was like, "I'm really into you." Like I don't know. I've only been dating her for like. I don't know, it was a short time and um, him and I ended up, I don't know, making out and that was it. Like, it wasn't crazy, I guess. But at that point in our lives, it was, I guess, an aggressive thing. So, um, yeah, I just, I made that mistake. And then I went through a period of definite, like, depression in high school. Um, From that or, or like, different? Like, just because? Honestly, 
I think it was like a mix of both. Like I had a couple incidences happen and I think I just didn't know what to do. I was pretty lost. And mm. um, what did yeah, you, I, I was going to say like, what did you do to figure out what you should be doing? Cause like, I think that's the confusing thing when it just mm -hmm. it comes to mental health. I mean, even, you know, this applies to addiction too, is like, what do you do when you're hurting, but you don't know anyone else is experiencing it. So you don't know, like, I'll give you an example. Like one of my best friends, sisters called me like three weeks ago, um, because my best friend said like Alex has experienced this and like she never knew that anxiety was normal and that yeah. she it's okay to feel nervous and you know have panic and I just felt so awful like I'm so happy that my best friend knew to reach out to me so I could be that source but yeah. if you don't know how can you feel better right so what what did you do to feel yeah better? well unfortunately at that time I I'm kind of one of those girls I guess who's just like everything's fine life is great. I'm great. I'm amazing. And I honestly, most people, even to this day, probably wouldn't know what I've gone through. I think it took graduating from high school and then going to university. And then I was hospitalized, as you know, um, cause yeah, I, I one night I kind of just snapped and I tried ending my life. And I think after that, like it was a very, very sobering. I think anybody who's gone through it and has lived through it has a very different outlook on life. Mm. Um, I definitely became way more open about asking for help and like seeking help. And I started seeing a therapist. So I think that was the biggest change for myself, um, which is sad. I wish I did have those tools and yeah. Um, and that's what kind of stinks. It's like the people don't necessarily get the tools until they've been through it. And I hate to say sometimes it's too late. You know what I mean? Late. I mean, yeah. I know you and I both work for like addiction nonprofits. So we get it in terms of that too. But sometimes a family or a friend is judgmental, whether it's, you know, a mental health uh, disorder or addiction, whatever it may be, you don't feel comfortable saying something or speaking up. And sometimes it could be too late. And yeah. I think that that's sort of, I know you and I have spoken about this, like the importance of everyone being educated, at least to like a mental health literacy standpoint where you're like, at least basic, like I give you like a, like a C plus. So that yeah. way everyone else can like, you can sort of support other people because at sometimes least people like just want to be there. Yeah. It, and, and I think that's the key to it. Like you and I both believe empathy is huge to all of this. Cause I think what is empathy? It's being able to feel for someone else and have emotion and, and be like accepting. And when you aren't educated on something, how can you be empathetic? Even, even yourself. I think that was my, my personal issue for so long is like, I found it really easy to be empathetic towards other people. Yeah. Um, I'm a people person. Like I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. Um, which is also one of the reasons I, I kind of lost myself was because I was so focused on other people and their journey and helping them that I couldn't give that to myself. And I know like <laughs> if anybody's a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, <laughs> um, if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? Honest to God is like the best thing anybody can ever say because if you don't have empathy and love for yourself and put yourself first, then... Right. You're snuggered. Like you just, yeah. You it. Yeah. No, I agree. No, I a hundred percent agree. 
I was going to say, I mean, yeah, you brought it up, but I, I work for, um, and I know Ali's been on the podcast already, which is super yeah. amazing. Um, but yeah, I work, uh, for her, for her family, um, her family's, uh, mental health foundation, Adam's apples. And so I think going through that and, um, being able to sit on some of the sessions and learn about what these high school students are learning, um, is, I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I fully cried. <laughs> the first oh, yeah. time. Like, of course, like, well, and I was going to say too, like how, see, this is the interesting thing for me. I have anxiety. I thought I understood the whole ecosystem of mental health. I obviously didn't once read pass and I realized, holy smokes, I don't understand a large portion of this. With you suffering from like depression and anxiety, how have you learned a lot being a part of a nonprofit? Like, are you surprised like thinking like, oh shit, I thought I knew this stuff and now being a part of something and realizing Hmm, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I did because that, that's been my experience. Honestly, yeah, I'm I'm not one to say I know everything. Like coming into it, I was like, okay, I could I get this. Yeah. And we done a few sessions, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm, mm, yeah. Not did not see that coming. Um, it was so. It was honestly, it was great um, because it's even helped myself deal with things. But yeah, it's crazy to know that yeah there's so many different facets of mental health and helping others and helping yourself and it, like it's it's crazy to think that even though you go through it you still don't fully understand right. it. yeah no I and that and that's like interesting too because like yeah I think it's different too right like it, it's about people taking like their own advice which sounds kind of crazy but like you can give I give great advice I'm not very good about taking it as I'm sure you are too and every regular average person right and it's like like I'm working right now on a course um really trying to collaborate with different pro medical professionals and people in this space but like how do you support a loved one who's dealing with addiction and that to me is like so important because kind of the demand signal I've been getting from everyone who follows us and, and engages with me and sends me messages is like, this stuff is so important. Like I sort of need a, like a one-on-one, like if I'm dealing with a friend, if I'm dealing with a family member who's going through this, like what can I do? Because there's been a couple of times where people have been wanting to uh, write like a humans of addiction post or whatever it may be. And they're like, I would love to, but my family member is not out, which is interesting. It sounds like the family member is like coming out as gay and they can't talk about it, but it's sort of the same thing. And you have to respect it. Obviously, if your family member is not saying that they are dealing with addiction, obviously that would be disrespectful to say it, but it's like equipping people with the knowledge. Um, and my question to you is I know you guys at the nonprofit, our Adam's apples focus on mental health literacy, which is interesting. Um, can you sort of explain why it's mental health literacy versus like addiction literacy, which is like sort of different. I know it's like one of the same, but like, yeah. it's funny when I was looking at it, I was sort of like, oh, I guess like it's sort of the, is it cause it's like mental health is sort of the foundational base? I was gonna say, I feel like mental health is the umbrella yeah. and it's just one of the little tenants. Oh, wow, yeah. that was the worst analogy, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, 
like addiction is definitely one of the facets of mental health. And I think everybody who has, who deals with mental health deals with addiction and it doesn't necessarily need to be drugs. Like I feel mm-hmm. like, no, for sure. And that's why I don't like when someone says substance abuse, because it's not a substance. And also I, I don't, I try to be really cognizant, like saying the term abuse. I don't know that to me just has a negative connotation. So I just say a person with an addiction because yeah. To me, you're saying it's like a person with cancer, a person with like, you're not saying the person is their disease. And yeah. one thing that I've, I've learned about recently, and I, and I still really don't know much, I'm going to be fully honest, but is sex addiction. That is not a substance, but okay. it's like, I've learned there's like, and I'm sure you have two tiers of like what's acceptable even within the addiction community, which is something I just learned the past couple of months where like, sex addiction is like the worst like you do not talk about it that's really really bad heroin Mm -hmm. is also really really bad that's like the the hardest drug like oh my god you've done meth or heroin like sort of stay away from you and then people who take like um opioids and it's prescribed by a doctor so that's not a street drug so that's really another echelon like we're sort of above you and and, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, like who would have thought even within the own community, there's like diversion of thought there, you know? Crazy. I think it's, I think that's like everything though. Like you're going to, yeah. you're diving into this big world. Right. And also you and I are both, you and I are both kind of the same. I think we're always open to learn more and be open. And yeah. I think that was like a really big thing for me is, I, I mean, I'm still learning, but it's the people in the community the different opinions within this is so it's so hard to navigate it is and and it's funny i was speaking about that with forrest two nights ago so i interviewed an amazing author on thursday and then i think on friday i had a, a gentleman who runs a recovery rehab center and the first individual spoke about methadone and the importance of um, using medicine to, you know, maintain his sobriety and his recovery. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense to me, just given the fact that I'm on anxiety medication, that doesn't mean I'm numb. That means that gets me to a point where I can function and be myself. Then the next night I get on with another lovely individual who owns a rehab center. He's 16 years into his own recovery. And then his response is, nope that's numbing, blah, blah, blah was wrong. And you're not actually solving the issues. And I'm like, this is, this is great. Okay. Diversion of thought, like love, like Canada, the United States, like we all believe in that and very important. Don't get me wrong. But I wonder why there's like an issue with everyone else who doesn't get this shit because even the people in the community can't agree. And that to me is sad in the sense that we're sort of at diverging thoughts where we can't, the problem where I think we're at is people don't know enough. And when they do know something, they're getting conflicting messages. That's to me. I say like, I think it's also, this happens with everything, but when something works for you, it it has to work for everything else. Well said. It goes to like, even the small, I ask girlfriends about skincare and they're like, you know what? I have the same problem as you. This is going to work. Right. And then it ends up being the worst thing for me. And I, right. you know, or I had blackheads. Like it, 
humanity, like humans are so diverse. So just because not, um, not taking, like not taking medicine has helped you, that worked, but some people need, exactly need it. Like it's, it's kind of a weird thing. And that's to me like so important. And, and, and I think like you raise a really good point in the sense of like, that's what we need. We, people can disagree, but I don't like when, um, and, and these people I had on the podcast didn't do that, but I'm just saying just in general, if people are going to take adversarial positionings and say like, oh, this null and void someone's sobriety. Like to yes. me, you know, like, I, I, and I think you and I spoke about this like months ago, but like Demi Lovato's whole um, documentary, there's a lot of controversy because she still drinks and she still smokes weed, but she still says, you know, I am in recovery. And a lot of people are like, screw you, that's not a thing. It's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And I've learned, as I'm sure like you're well aware, like each individual has their own story. As you said, there is yeah. no one size fits all model. And like, that would be stupid if we were all like, oh yeah, actually, you know, like the 12 yeah. is the only way or smart recovery is the only way. Or if you're on Suboxone, like screw you, you know? Yeah. I was gonna say, like, we just talked about this earlier, but like you asked me if I was on medication for my anxiety, my depression. I said, no. Oh, interesting. Like even the way we deal with it, right. even though I, I'm on medication for anxiety and that I, I really enjoy that. And then for you, that might not be a thing and that's fine. Yeah. So funny because it's even that, like we yeah. handle it so differently, but we're still coming out the same right. way. Well, and, that, and that's the important thing. And I'm not sitting here being like, are you dumb? You should be on medicine. You're not saying you'd be like, actually, like you're like a shitty person because you're on medicine. Like, you know, and, and that's the thing too. It's like, I feel like, and I've said this before, but where we are at with mental health, thank God is so much better than when you and I were kids. Like, can you imagine someone my age 10 years ago saying on a podcast that I'm taking medicine for my anxiety? Like that is like a no go. even yeah. now, it's still a little bit taboo. Frankly, I don't care. Um, yeah. And, you know, like I'm confident enough in myself to know that I'm, you know, just an average person who is so average the fact that, like, I'm sure everyone else is on some sort of medication or speaking to a therapist. Yeah. And, and that's what works for me. And I think we need to be, I don't want to say, like, if you're on medicine, like, shout it out from the rooftops, but I'm just saying, like, I think it's important that we're not, um, hiding what we're doing obviously the more we talk about it the more people understand like my friend's sister that she didn't know it was okay to speak to someone i I said i don't speak to someone anymore but the person i spoke to was amazing and changed my life and uh if she wasn't 250 bucks an hour i'd i'd pay for her again you know what i mean like truthfully that's what you know i don't need it she's just awesome and i love talking to her but Um, like, I feel like there's, there's obviously still such a stigma, which is what you and I are trying to stop when it comes to addiction. And Uh, it's, it's sad. Like, even I was going to say, like, I've been pretty good about being open with my friends and trying to be open other people, but even like my family members, like Mm -hmm. a lot of them don't even know that I tried to end my life Mm -hmm. and they don't, that I've struggled and they don't know, like, it's such a, like, taboo conversation yeah, it's like how how do you how would you bring that up i have a question how has there been a time where you've spoken to a family member about who didn't know it and you sort of like or when that situation happened were your parents tracking what was going well, on my parents honestly they're as you know they're amazing um 
they decided they didn't tell anybody in our family they said it's my story to tell mm-hmm. um, which is really great of them to be honest they were yeah. just there to support me and whatever I need and get yeah. me the help so they've honestly stayed um quiet about it okay um which I think some people may be like oh well they're ashamed like my parents are not ashamed at all of who no, I am I think it's you to be able to tell your story on your own terms yeah. when you want to say it yeah I think too like I I feel like I don't give my family the benefit of the doubt of being able to understand mm. um on through I feel like I I think most people feel this way but um like my family's very like everything's very hush hush like mm-hmm. I can't speak about that or like oh somebody is now a part of the LGBTQ plus community right. oh that's gonna stay quiet for a bit we don't know we don't want to rock yeah, the boat yeah. you don't want to rock the boat you're kind of okay like yeah. and I was pretty about that with my family like I was like this is ridiculous like people should just speak out but should take yeah, my own advice yeah, no, to each their own, you know, and I think that that's a tough position because, you know, it's, and this is where, it, you know, it sucks talking about like family members who are dealing with addiction, dealing with mental health, and the person who wants to speak out because there are so many people who aren't dealing with it themselves, but a family member and their stories could help. Mm-hmm. or hushed, but respectfully so, because they can't yeah. they want to speak out of term because what is what what message is that sending to the person who's dealing with their tough time, addiction, mental health? Like, I think it's a yeah. tough balance. I think at the end of the day, your parents are doing the right thing in terms of letting you tell your story on your terms when you want to tell it and being yeah. supportive that it's not in terms of like, I'm ashamed of you. It's just like, we want to be able to back up your voice and accelerate that versus yeah. telling it for you no i yeah i'm honestly so lucky and it's so funny like my mom and i both now volunteer with mental health foundation so yeah. um yeah we both it's it's really great to have and i think that's kind of how we're contributing back to our family is being like yeah. oh we're both we both happen to be on mental health boards now or yeah. foundation yeah let's talk yeah and we don't talk about our own traumas um I know my mom dealt with depression and um and anxiety when she was younger but back then that was what like 30 40 years ago probably was like like buried down in some basement and never talked about yeah I can only imagine like I really I can't you know and it you know it's interesting and just in terms of like generations of difference but um I love my my grandparents, my lolly and pops, my mom's parents, and I speak to my yeah. grandmother every single day. And she's been um, a huge proponent of this podcast and what I'm doing with the Albertus Project. But I see the generational gap and I see yeah. that she's judgmental without meaning to be, but she is, right? And, and um, I'll just give you an example, Simone Biles, okay? FaceTime mm. when the Olympics were going. And she's like, oh, Alexandra, this Simone Biles just needs to suck it up. And she knows what she signed up for. I said, lol. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. Like anxiety is like all encompassing. She's like, oh, come on, Alexandra. She's just starving for, uh, you know, some sort of drama or whatever. And I said, Lolly, it's really not like that. And I, you know, I sort of explained, I said, listen, you know, me with anxiety, I said like uh, for big soccer games that I was playing competitively, like, unfortunately there's certain times where it unfortunately takes hold and you sort of can't control it and you know and it it sort of took having that conversation for her to be like oh okay I didn't think about it like that but I 
not all the time. I think people are judgmental and sometimes can be jerks for the sake of being jerks. But I think if you have someone in your life who loves you and cares to listen, even if it's not your story, she got it at the end. She's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. She wasn't thinking about what if her granddaughter who's dealt with similar things, Mm -hmm. let's put it into her shoes. Would you be judgmental? No, she would be like, what do you need? Let me come. Like, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. So again, that goes to the empathy piece. And I also unfortunately think it goes to the generational piece, which you were just talking about with your mom in the sense that like, it's going to be our generation and the years younger, like Jera, my sister, to change the tide because we're, we're taking over the world by storm. And we are the people with arguably the loudest voices and who are driving change. Um, And unfortunately, there's always going to be people in every age group. Um, I'll tell you one thing, Six Buzz uh, just posted the article today about the Albertus project and and which is which is really great. Um, But uh, you know, I haven't talked about this to anyone, but it's been bothering me all day. Um, one of the comments on the thing uh, basically goes to the effect of they should just suck it up, like stop wasting money on these addicts. Ugh, my Lord. And, and obviously, I would have not thought twice about that comment six months ago. I would have just liked the actual post and like been like, oh, okay, what a jerk. But like, now understanding how harboring judgment like can really like screw with people who are in that community. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it it is. It's comments like that. I feel like people don't realize it. it, I need to to regroup because I was getting way too intense in my head. (laughs) I I feel like people who make comments like that have a either have never gone through anything in their life mental health wise and or never attributed it to uh, their own mental health yep. e have been through the ringer and yeah. have not help which is the biggest one there are so people, people hurt people yep. so much yeah, and they never had the tools or the resources or the love or yep. the compassion from other people and now it, they turn that into bitterness and hate and again that happens with everything but I find people like that, they're the hardest ones to bring back in because- yeah, brings the conversation. It's, yeah, because they don't want to listen because they've gone through so much turmoil already. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it's like, obviously you don't want that to happen to anybody else. For sure. And I but- think, you know, it like I was, I was very tempted in that moment to like write a comment like, you know, like going back and I'm like, learn your shit, bro. Like, you know, like I'd have like a whole like fight on six buzz for my Alberta's project uh, handle here. And then I was like, okay, that's probably not smart. But at the end of the day, obviously that'll probably make me feel better in the second, but like that is not how we are going to turn the tide for people who are just uneducated. I really do believe that whoever, I mean, A, it's like, you know, Twitter fingers, it's like they're powerful behind a screen, A. B, it's, I really do believe that if they just took the five minutes to go on Adam's Apple's website or to go on Alberta's Project's website, take the five minutes to like, just read a little bit. I really do believe that if people just took the time, they changed their minds. But also, why are people going to take the time? It's like an echo chamber, right? Because it's like, you don't want to see what you don't want to see. You don't want to hear what you don't want to hear. Why would you yeah. educate yourself? Because you think well, you already know. Our- well, even when you educate yourself, like I, I was, when I was going through my, my 
really bad time in university, yep. I didn't want to hear and learn more. Like I, mm. I was one of those people that's like, I'm, I'm weak now. Like this has just happened. I'm going to see a therapist. Like I, I missed so many therapist appointments. Really? Because I, I didn't wanna, yeah. Because I, well, you know really? what? I just didn't face, you know, dealing with my stuff and learning more and yeah. trying to, no, that's I tough. To that's so tough. bad. But I feel like when people, there's some, something like hits you and you want to help yourself. Like there's that inner voice who's like, I need help, please. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm so not ready. Bad. Like, yeah. I, like just, so I understand why people don't want to learn more about mental health because yeah, no, it is it's scary. It's, it's scary. It, what does it say about you? Right. What is it? You, I think you, you just hit the nail on the head, right? what does it say about you and why yeah. don't you want to know more right well you know always i i hate to say it but go like to glee or whatever but like you know like bullying gay people hmm why what does that say about you right and yeah. listen not not all the bullies are gay or whatever it may be but it's just when you're trying so hard to combat something what is the reason why are you in denial there you know so I, I think you raise a really good point and I think that's why it's just important. Like, and I think that that's what's cool, what you guys are focused on and we're focused on is young people. Because yeah. again, it's, it's you know, Ali said something um, that I continually keep on saying, but it's like the more you're ed educated on something, uh, the less likely you are to suffer from it. And if we yeah. can start that at a young age, which you guys are doing, we are doing too, we're yeah. all going to be better off for it. I agree. I do have to say, like, I feel like once you've combated and gone through that, I guess, dark place, like go, learning about mental health and dealing with it isn't easy. And I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of people, even myself, I'm like, oh, I go see my therapist. I love her. That does not mean I don't leave my therapist's office crying. Yeah. And like, sure. my I've been there. Face, not talking to people. And I feel like, I feel like we also need to discuss like the, I don't want to say the negative things, but the, the hardships you're going to go through while you're trying to be a better version yeah, of yourself. For sure. No, it's People not easy. And it's, yeah. it's, I think it's a, I mean, this is my very misconception about like, I'll just say recovery, but Reed went to rehab, Reed is cured, right? Like that's how, yeah. I don't want to say dumb. I mean, it was dumb, but I need to give myself a little bit of whatever and people who look about it like that, like it, it I'll just say it's naive, right? It's like, it's a lifetime journey where you and I, I have anxiety, you have anxiety and depression. I hate to say it, but it's not like, we're going to deal with it for the rest of our lives. It's not like one day we're going to wake up, oh my Lord, we're cured, right? It doesn't work like that. And that's okay because it, it's, it's who we are. But I never looked at, I don't know about you, but I never looked at uh, addiction as a lifelong thing, but it is. And it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a struggle every single day for both who are dealing with anxiety and depression and those who are dealing with uh, addiction. And it's important to know too, like people have, you know, uh, people resume using drugs after being abstinent for a long time that doesn't negate anything just like how if you have a really bad day you have a panic attack i've panicked whatever it may be that doesn't negate all the hard work that we've done with our therapist or where we're at i mean same thing with someone who is using drugs or whatever addictive behavior it might be it's important to note 
uh, I think Gail said it, uh, who is Reed's mom, but um, addiction and recovery and mental health, your journey is not a straight line. It's a zigzag path. And that's just yeah. how it's going to be. And that, and that I think as long as we set the terms of realizing like, you're not going to just keep on going up. Like what you're saying is you're going to have shitty days. There's going to be hard work. You're not going to always walk out of your therapist off and be like, oh, I'm blessed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> very far from it, by the way. I yeah. feel like I need to PSA very clear. Yeah. I, you're going to find this funny. I mean, I said one of my girlfriends was um, talking to me about something and I looked at her and I was like, what? Like, I love you so much. I want to be here for you, but I can't help you. Like, I think you should see somebody about this. Like, I think yeah, you should. and I were chatting about this. Yeah. And yeah. I. <laughs> She went to the therapist's office and so she comes back and she's she calls me in tears and she's like that was so hard i don't get it and i was yeah, like you oh. asshole thanks for mentioning that yeah literally, i was like i'm so sorry i was like but it's like it's needed you it's, know it's, it's, sometimes it's needed. exactly no i honestly love that time i know that sounds really bad but no, I but it's like no you just, listen like i mean you know a therapeutic cry is important and like you're going to have to go through, I mean, it's the same thing with, uh, you know, addiction and recovery. The reason, you know, there's been some um, debate on whether you should be taking the, the person who's dealing with addiction, if you should be removing the substances from their lives before mm -hmm. giving them a therapy, before giving them a solution. And a lot of people are like, you can't do that. Um, listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm not educated enough to have an opinion, but I will say I think it's important either way there. There's got to be work done like it doesn't stop when you're on medicine or speaking to a therapist or you're not using the substance or you're not resuming the behavior. It's a constant. I don't want to say struggle, but sometimes it is to like put work in to maintain like I would always say to, you know, Forrest like you speak with your therapist once or twice a week for like an hour or two, whatever it may be. The real work is outside of those hours. The real work is outside yeah. of 12 step meetings, outside of smart recovery. It's, it's, it's that, you know? Literally taking what you've learned and putting it into practice. Practice, and it, yeah. it's hard. Like I, I think I was feeling so, I was feeling so good about myself over COVID. Like I, I really put myself through the ringer in terms of, mental health and I started writing music again and journaling yes. and have crystals and I meditate and I just I go on Love solo it. and but I now that life is kind of well I mean in Vancouver um it's not back to normal but it feels a little more normal than it used to we were out one night and I had the worst anxiety of my life like I it was just, it was debilitating. Like I was in- You think it was because you were used to being out and with people and stuff? He was like yeah. overwhelming? Yeah, since earlier. Yeah. So funny. Like, I mean, after I had, after I got home, but yeah. I thought it was the next day. Cause I'm like, wow, I thought I was pretty good lately. <laughs> and then I go out for an hour and I'm like, oh no, no, but listen, no, no. That doesn't negate that you weren't quote unquote good. You just, no. had a, you had a moment. Not a moment. No, I just, it's great. I think I lost the ability for a while to have to put it into practice. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like yeah, like, COVID oh, you're at home, you're doing your own thing. Yeah. And you could train yourself up and be like, okay, I can do yeah, it. And you actually got to put it into practice in like the real world. That's actually a very good yeah. point. And I, I, I have, I know people in my life who have struggled with, uh, putting things into practice. And mm -hmm. I, I myself 
<clears throat> never had that issue. I'm the type of, I'm a type A personality. Sure. If I'm going to do something. I'm going to do something. Right. Do yeah. And I would get pissed off at said people for, what do you mean? You said you were going to do it. You worked on it with your therapist, like time to put into action. Like, you know, and not everyone works like that. It is, it is tougher for some than others. That doesn't mean I'm a better person because it wasn't, it was easy for me. It was still work. I just feel like some people have a tougher time than others. And I think the point you just raised about COVID is very true because we are, we're isolated. We're alone. We're not doing our normal everyday thing. So when you're mm -hmm. working on things in a silo, great, but yeah. it's, you know, it makes it more difficult. Um, and I was going to say, so one of the questions that I ask at the end to all my guests is what is your words of wisdom? Uh, you have a lot of words of wisdom, but yeah, I, what would your words of wisdom be to the audience. Honestly, um, my dad very much instilled this into me since I was young and it's the golden rule and it's so easy, so simple, but it's treat everybody the way you like to be treated. And that's with anything in yeah. this world, not going past mental health and addiction. It's just, mm -hmm. if you want love and respect, you give love and respect. If you want kindness, you give kindness. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest things that I lead my life through now. And obviously people have their days where that's not the case, yeah. but as long as that's in the back of your mind and you practice it and you live your life through that lens, I feel like you'll just be a happier person. But yeah, that's kind of my words of wisdom. Very Simple, yet effective. Yeah, but listen, simple is good. I, you know, I have to tell you, simple is doesn't mean easy to implement. So, no, I think that those are, are great words of wisdom. Okay, everyone. Well, you've now met one of my best friends, Annalisa Turner. Uh, she also makes really great music, so I'll make sure that we we link that in the bio. We got to do all the plugs, Annalisa. Um, yeah. So I was gonna say thanks everyone for listening. I hope uh, this gave you some cool. Uh, perspective and insight into our awesome uh, friendship. So thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. By tapping into the human behind addiction and mental health, we can empower those suffering by creating a culture of empathy and support. You can find more episodes of Tapping Into the Human and resources about addiction and mental health by following The Albertus Project on social media at Albertus Project and at www.albertusproject.org. Thank you.